Welcome to the Her Empowered Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Beverly Price. With my 25 years of divorce and empowerment coaching experience, I know that divorce is a difficult and emotional journey. I also know from personal experience that it can be a time of growth and transformation. Through this podcast, you'll gain valuable insights on all aspects of divorce, from the logistical and financial to the emotional and legal. My goal is to empower you to confidently move forward in your divorce journey, avoid common mistakes, and ultimately create a happy and fulfilling life. With expert guests, practical advice, actionable tips, and inspiring conversations, we'll explore how to master your divorce and emerge stronger on the other side. You don't have to face this alone. Let's start this journey together and create a better future for you. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, beautiful. Greetings and welcome to the Her Empowered Divorce Podcast. I'm Beverly Price, a divorce and empowerment coach, and in this episode, I'll bring you a fabulous woman guest, like my guest today, to share with you their stories, their advice, and to help you on your divorce journey. Whether you are a soon-to-be separated, separated, divorcing, or divorced woman, this podcast was created for you. I am thrilled to say that my guest today is Jamie Davis, co-managing partner at Gaylor Hunt and the host of a year and a day Divorce Without Destruction podcast. I so love that title. I would love every divorce to be without destruction. So our topic today, again, is Divorce Without Destruction, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about Jamie. She's a board-certified attorney in family law and an NCDRC certified family financial mediator and a certified parenting coordinator. And I've got some questions that I want to ask Jamie, but first I want to say and welcome Jamie. Thanks so much for being my guest today. It's so good to have you. Oh, Beverly, thank you for having me. I'm excited Absol to be here. Oh, so my first question is, I love all the acronyms that or the initials that come in divorce. And so I saw you are an NCDRC, Certified Family Financial Mediator. Tell me just a little bit about what that, that um, acronym means or those letters mean. And then what is a Certified Financial Mediator? Sure. So I was certified by the North Carolina Dispute Resolution Commission to be a mediator. Um, and what that means is in family financial cases, in North Carolina, we have equitable distribution, which is the division of property between separated people. Um, I can serve as a mediator in those cases and help folks try to reach a settlement of their property and um, financial cases. Is that different from the CPM? I think that's another mediator um, set of initials that I've seen on some mediators. Are you familiar with that? I am not familiar with that designation. Um, mine is specific to North Carolina, and so perhaps okay. that could be the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I love that you are also a parenting coordinator. I think that's I fabulous. That's wonderful. So you wrote a book 
entitled A Year and a Day, Divorce Without Destruction, and a podcast with the same name. So what inspired you to write the book? And then I always love to know what motivated you to start your podcast? So in my case, the podcast actually came first. Um, okay. At the end of 2017, I had started noticing that there was this belief that divorce had to be nasty, had to be contentious. Yes. And I'd also discovered that there was a real lack of resources um, about divorce in North Carolina. I would have folks come into initial consultations with me, and they really didn't have much of a, a background in the subject at all. And so I decided to develop the podcast as a way to get information out there um, to people who might be going through a separation, divorce, having child custody issues, just as a way to get some basic knowledge. I really wanted to arm them with the information that they would need to have a good discussion with their divorce lawyer. Oh, that's wonderful. And so then what inspired you to write the book? I'm always fascinated at people who write books. Yeah, um, that was a really great process. It's probably one of the most fun things I've ever done. Um, and talking with the various guests that were on the podcast, I speak with other lawyers, mediators, um, divorce coaches, therapists, you know, if you're a divorce related professional, I've probably talked to you on the podcast at some point. And I had just noticed that the information that they had shared with me was so great that I wanted to try to turn the podcast into a book that I could get the resource. Yeah, I wanted to get that resource out there to as many individuals as I could. Um, sort of as a guide for divorce-related professionals in one sense, and also as a reference book for, you know, regular people just experiencing divorce. Wow. Now you've given me an idea to write a book. You should. <laughs> Absolutely. Was it difficult? Was it, um, was it difficult? Was it expensive? You know, tell me about the process. Sure. So I started by going through past episodes of the podcast to figure out which ones I thought would go well together in a book. Um, and I had those transcribed and I just read through them. And from there, I tried to see, you know, are there any holes in the subject matter that I need to fill in? You know, is there some big topic that I haven't touched on? And so then a few of the chapters I had to just write completely from scratch because I had not recorded an episode on those um, I believe it took me about a year start to finish from kind of brainstorming the idea to having the book in my hand. Um, the only unfortunate thing that happened, I got my book in early 2020 and um, book launch was March 12th of 2020. And as you may recall, that's right when COVID was hitting this area. So put a little bit of a damper on the party, but. Right. But it launched, right? It did. It did. <clears throat> awesome. And it's been great ever since. Wow, that's wonderful. I always love to see women connect with a passionate, you know, topic and a passionate activity in their life. I think it brings out almost an electricity in us. Um, and I think it's, you know, one of my real passions is women helping women. So I think the fact that you're doing this is just is marvelous. Oh, thank you so much. You know, I, I care so much about this topic and making sure that women understand what their rights are when they're going through divorce and they understand some of the other needs they may have 
and the other professionals that are out there, such as yourself, Beverly, that can help them address those needs. If a woman isn't in North Carolina, um, is there a place she can go besides your podcast? I mean, for example, can she turn to the Bar Association for some basic questions before she sees an attorney? Particularly, I see women in what I call the contemplation phase, where they're not sure if they want to get a divorce or not. But they also need to check out a few things like, um, you know, uh, they're always concerned about the finances. What is the method of, of assessing finances in that state? What are there any rules about child custody, that t- type of thing? Are there any resources without first having to go to an attorney or a mediator? That's kind a great question. Preliminary check. Yeah, sure. Um, So I would say you could start with a basic Google search. Um, Okay. You know, matrimonial law is very state specific, as I'm sure you know. And so, you know, depending on whatever state they're in, I would just recommend doing some of those basic searches on Google first. A lot of the family law firms around the country have great websites that have a lot of information on them. And so as long as you find some firms that are specific to your state, I think that can be a great first step before actually scheduling the consultation. Um, You could also reach out to the Bar Association. They may have some resources as well. Um, Local library, there should be some books on the topic in the area. And I I think that's, you know, a great way to start. Awesome. Thank you so much. I know we talk a lot about when a woman sees an attorney or when a woman uh, goes to a mediator. What about, again, the woman who is thinking about it, um, who's not sure, who still has to weigh kind of the pros and cons of a divorce and assess her marriage? Do you have any thoughts for her as to help her, one, in her thought process, and two, then if she decides to pursue a divorce, Um, what are some of the things she should think about? Sure. So if a woman like that ended up in my office for a consultation, I would ask her a few questions. Um, One of the first ones would be, do you have a coach? Do you have a therapist? And if not, I would suggest that she, she get one, especially if she's not sure if she wants to take that step to actually become separated. I would also ask if she and her spouse have tried marriage counseling. You know, if she's not sure and she wants to be sure marriage counseling can be a great way to do that just to make sure you've done everything that you can within your control um, before you take that step to separate. And then throughout that consultation, what I would do is to make sure that she understood the legal concepts if she did, in fact, decide she wanted to pursue a separation. Great thoughts. Great thoughts. So once a person has then made a decision to reach out to an attorney or a mediator, and they've scheduled their initial, well, first, let's step back before that. Should a woman's, uh, should a woman see an attorney or a mediator? So I would recommend that she see an attorney. And in North Carolina, there's a very specific reason why I would say that. Um, Here in our state, the mediator can't give either spouse legal advice. And so if the woman has not reached out to a lawyer first and she's going into a mediation, you know, I would say blind, not knowing what she could be entitled to, you know, that's not to say she might not be willing to accept less or maybe she wants more than what the law would provide for her. But 
she should at least know if her case went to court, what would a judge likely do for her? Okay, great, absolute great advice. And then from that point, how does she make the decision? Does she continue with an attorney, one for litigation, or two with the attorney to support her in mediation, and three, mediation without an attorney? How does she make that decision? I don't know that she necessarily has to make that decision per se. I think that there is a misperception that when women hire lawyers that their case is automatically headed for court. Um, I will tell you, in my practice, the vast majority of the cases that we handle settle at some point in the process, maybe not right at the very beginning, but the vast majority end up settling before they end up in a courtroom. And so in a typical case, if someone comes in and she says, we're fairly amicable, my husband and I would like to try to resolve this outside of court, we'd say, great. And we would participate in a voluntary document exchange with the other side to make sure both parties have all of the financial information they need. And then if the lawyers could attempt to negotiate the case without mediation, it might save the mediation expense for the client. But if not, we would you know, steer the parties into mediation and try to get the case resolved that way. Um, again, in North Carolina, I think it's important to have a lawyer in mediation because the mediator cannot draft the final settlement document for two pro se parties. And so in that case, even if they reached a deal, the husband and wife would not walk away from the mediation with a, a signed agreement. One or the other of them would have to hire a lawyer to draft that document. Gotcha. And I think some people don't understand that the mediator is a neutral party, right? That's so, right. So having an attorney there for you also helps look out for your interests, right? Oh, absolutely. You have your okay. advocate there um, advocating for your interests and, and what you might be entitled to. Awesome. Once a person and here we're talking about women, has made the decision to really reach out to a lawyer and has scheduled their initial consultation, how can they really get the most out of that consultation so that they learn the most, they um, use the time effectively, they don't um, use so much extra time that they get billed extra, those kinds of things. And one more question, are the initial consultations usually, do they cost or are they free? Those are all lots of great questions. Um, Sorry, I, think, I asked so many at the same time. Yeah, no worries. I think that's great. Um, so the biggest piece of advice I can give is to be prepared for that initial consultation. And it's not as hard as it sounds. Really, you just want to put together a, a timeline of the events that have happened in your marriage that have led you to the point that you think you need a consultation with a divorce lawyer. For example, if infidelity is an issue, you may want to have a timeline together of the, the evidence that you have of why you think your spouse has cheated. Um, if domestic violence is an issue, again, have a timeline of some of those big incidents that have occurred. Um, same with child custody. If things have happened with the children and you know, there's something negative about the other spouse's parenting, make sure that you bring those to the attention of the lawyer during the consultation. Um, and you made a great point about using your time effectively during the consultation. Typically, consultations are fairly limited in scope. Usually, I'd say about an hour and a half is a typical consultation length. 
And the goal, at least for my office, is that you walk away from that consultation with a plan. You might not be able to get all of your questions answered because the time is somewhat limited, but you can use that consultation to, number one, determine if the lawyer is a good fit for you. I always say to my clients, you should trust your lawyer like you trust your doctor. And if you don't, go have another consultation with somebody else. That's okay. You know, shop around, make sure it's a good fit. And you also want to make sure that you leave the consultation having an understanding of what your next steps are. Um, The lawyer may give you a little bit of homework. If you came into the consultation not having a good idea about the finances, you know, your lawyer may ask you to do a little digging. See if you can figure out your monthly budget. If you have a joint checking account, maybe take a look at that if, if you're not sure what the expenses are. So that's really, I think, the the purpose of the consultation and some ways that you can maximize your time with the lawyer during that meeting. From time to time, well, also I had one thought is sometimes I've heard from attorneys that the, the woman comes to them and uses them more as an opportunity to vent their emotions as opposed to specifically talking about legal facts. And one of the things I do when I'm coaching a client is help them work on emotions, support them so that when they go to the attorney, they are, they are much more factual. One of the things that, that I suggest and, and that I believe is that one of the worst mistakes you can make in divorce is to let your emotions hijack you so you can't think clearly. What what have you seen? What advice would you give to women? Or what do you say to a woman when she starts to do that with you? So I think initially it is very important for especially women who are going through a divorce to have the opportunity to vent and to tell their story. Um, but you're right. It gets to a point where it can interfere with the legal advice that we're there to give them. And so I always suggest if they don't have a coach or a therapist that they find one. Everyone, in my opinion, can benefit from a coach and from therapy when they're going through a separation. It's probably one of the hardest things they've ever had to deal with in their life. And my job as the lawyer is to tell them the legal implications of their actions, of their case, what the law will do for them. But I can't make life decisions for them. I can't tell them whether or not they're willing to accept a certain custody schedule. I don't know what will work best for their particular family. I can't tell them whether or not to accept a property settlement. And so they need to be in a really healthy, good headspace so that they can make good decisions for their futures. Excellent advice. Well, I love, I absolutely love that answer. And I I just love the way you answer questions because I think they're so on point to helping women as opposed to just talking about the process. I love it when you offer tips. So what tips do you have for women to help them maintain their sanity during what's really an absolutely seemingly never ending and very frustrating process? Oh, that is frustrating to say the least. And I have lots of ideas and tips for trying to stay sane through that process The most important tip that I can give is to take care of yourself. You need to be in that healthy headspace that I spoke about earlier. 
Um, self-care can look like lots of different things for different people. You know, maybe it's taking a walk, maybe it's meditating, maybe it's hanging out with your girlfriends, maybe it's getting some medication prescribed. The important thing to remember though, is don't self-medicate and don't resort to destructive behaviors because those can be detrimental to the legal aspects of your case. I also think it's important to take baby steps when you're going through this process. Divorce can be overwhelming. Your, your life can feel like it is just being upended and trying to look at the big picture and the way your life might be five years from now is going to overwhelm you and you're going to become paralyzed in the process. And so I encourage people, especially women, to just baby step it through that process and think about, you know, tomorrow, you know, do I have my custody schedule figured out for tomorrow? Do I know how this month's bills are going to be paid? Take it step by step. I mentioned this earlier. Also find a therapist. I think it's really important that you have that extra support. So you mentioned a little bit earlier about self-care and emotional health. So why do you think taking care of your emotional health during a divorce is so important? I think taking care of your emotional health during a divorce is very important because we are dealing with the two things that are usually the most important to women, their children and their money. And they need to be in a good headspace to make good decisions about how their property will be divided, how their bills will be paid, and how their children will be taken care of moving forward. Especially for the stay-at-home mom, this may be all the money that she's going to get until she's able to find employment if she decides that's the path she's going to go down. And she needs to make sure that she is not giving up more than she is entitled to just to be done with the process. She needs to have enough money to take care of herself and the kids into the future. Yeah, I think so many times uh, a woman can look at this as this is just, you know, something to get over as opposed to this is going to affect me for the rest of my life and affect right. my children for the rest of my life. So, yeah, I think, again, you know, trying to work on your emotions and keep them in check is, is so important. Absolutely. So what, what do you think she needs to do to continue to take care of herself during the process? I think that she needs to find support. Um, and that can look different for different people. Self-care means different things to different people. You know, some folks, they want to go for a walk. They want to meditate. They want to do some yoga. Other folks may need to have some medication prescribed. For some women, it's as simple as making time for your girlfriends and, and being around your support system, having people to talk to and to lean on when you need that little extra push. What's most important is just not resorting to self-medication and destructive behaviors because yeah. those can have negative implications, especially on a custody case. You know, there can be a tendency to drink more to go out and party a little bit more, but you need to be very mindful that you're not doing those things in a way that could be destructive to your custody case. I just experienced a woman that I know that from her separation began drinking and using opioids. She had two small children, and rather than making it through her divorce, she died. Because she well, abused those so much. Yeah, it's terrible. So we've talked about so much... We've talked about so much. I always ask my guests to bring three actionable takeaways 
for women that they can do right away to enhance their journey, whether they're at the contemplation stage, at the separation stage or divorcing stage or after? What would your three actionable steps be? I think the first one would be to assemble your team of professionals to help you through the process. Your coach, your therapist, your lawyer, a financial advisor, an accountant if you need one. You may need some valuation experts, um, but just make sure you get that team together. They're going to provide the support that you need to get through this process. I would also say practice self-care. I've talked a lot about self-care. I think it's really important. So make sure you're taking care of yourself. And number three, I would say take baby steps. You don't have to solve your whole divorce in a day. You know, your marriage lasted for lots of years. Your separation and divorce will likely take at least a year. So just baby step it through the process and it'll be much easier to manage. Great. What would you say to a woman um, that I run into this question that thinks a coach is a luxury rather than a necessity? I would encourage her to get a coach because she needs that emotional support so that she can make the good decisions about the legal aspect of her case. This is a really tough time to go through alone, and women can use all the extra support they can get. Awesome. Jamie, you have been such a fabulous guest with so much information. How can my listeners find you? My law firm website, I work at Gaylor Hunt. It's divorcestough.com. I like that topic. Yeah, and my email is jdavis at divorcestough.com. Beautiful. Do you have anything else you'd like to share that I haven't covered or asked you? I think that we have covered a lot of ground today, but the one thing that I would like to say is if you decide that a separation is in your future, you will get through it. It's going to get harder before it gets easier, but there is light at the end of the tunnel and, and you will get through it with the right support and help. Wonderful. Jamie, thank you so much for being my guest today. You are truly amazing. And I really believe that how you suggested women can move from overwhelm uh, and pain can be a springboard to a new life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Beverly, for having me. Um, All of Jamie's information will be available in the show notes along with mine. And you can find them at HerEmpoweredDivorce.com on the podcast page or wherever you listen to podcasts. I believe that women helping women is our superpower. That's why I'm bringing you incredible professional women to discuss topics critical to you and your divorce. We all struggle and we can all thrive if we stick together. It's time to walk the talk of helping other women to get help from women to help other women, to do business with women, and most of all, to raise up other women. While you may be able to pull yourself up by the bootstraps to get through a divorce and afterwards, many women can't. Reach out to them and pull them along to recovery with you. After my journey of ups and downs, without this kind of support that's available, this podcast is my way of giving back to women just like you. Thank you for being with Jamie and myself on this episode of Her Empowered Divorce. Join me in the next episode where I'll be diving deep into other issues that can help you on your separation and divorce journey. 
Remember, you can find more podcast episodes and information about my divorce and empowerment coaching at herempowereddivorce.com. Thank you for joining us today and take care. Thank you for listening to the Her Empowered Divorce podcast. I enjoyed spending this time with you. Remember, divorce doesn't have to be an awful experience. With the right knowledge, support, and guidance, it can be a time of growth and empowerment. A divorce and empowerment coach is a critical member of your divorce team. In fact, it should be the first call you make. I help you navigate the process and create a happier life post-divorce, also saving you time and money in the process. If you're interested in learning more, please request a free consultation at herempowereddivorce.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other episodes and resources, or you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe and leave us a review. I really appreciate your support. And until next time, take care.